Dog Safety Podcast with Vance and Bart. We are live. We're, okay. we're live. I'm alive. You're alive. We're alive. Some kind of alive. So I've been thinking a lot about companies this week. I've had a handful of companies that I work with mention some kind of novelty or pioneering in whatever space they are in. And it got me thinking when is a company a monopoly? So here's how I see it. Okay. All companies start as a monopoly. Okay. We talk a lot about not the game monopoly, (laughs) but companies that have a monopoly. Outside the podcast we do. That's the other podcast. It's pretty much exclusively monopoly talk game but but yeah but on this one we talk about the other kind which i think as a term just gets lobbed around the idea that if you're sort of big in your space and kind of the best and it does on the left but it does not get talked about at all on the right and i wonder why that is i actually know why that is i'm i'm just uh throwing that out there for people to start thinking about it We'll yeah, come back. Let's, we'll let's, circle back to that. Yeah, let's put a pin in that one. Let's put that in the parking lot. That's right. So a lot of companies start as competition to some other company. But if you are doing good work and actually pioneering in a space, creating new technologies, new methods, new processes, then you are inherently at that moment at least, the only one doing that and the only Mm -hmm. one offering that. That is true. I don't think we know what we're talking about when we talk about monopolies. Because again, I'll go back to my initial statement, which I, I tend to believe is that many companies start as monopolies. And that's a good thing. I would agree in the sense that we are defining the word monopoly as X or, but uh, I, I tend to add a little bit to the definition of monopoly and it's to better define what it, what it is. And I think probably because of the world we live in, it requires a little bit more definition. And, and and I like to make sure that people are understand this, is that um, it's not that I'm the only one who makes my product or whatever, but there, I have, there are active barriers put in place for you to get in to compete with me 
there's no it's not a matter of you have the same capital enough capital to build the machine and the knowledge to do the exact same thing it's that you have to have this or you i have a a patent so yes you have everything you're able to but you're not allowed to there's a somebody with a gun who's going to stop you so that's where i feel like uh monopoly at least in the modern sense is well and that's partially why i bring it up because i do hear that word a lot because we have a lot of them they're created by government it cannot exist without government well see i don't think that's true i think it can exist without government i think that see a, a monopoly in 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 the original definition is a, there is protections to where it cannot be the whole point of uh, the monopoly is that it can be competed with so yes you may be the only one for a little while but just because you're not competed with doesn't mean that you can't be competed with but but that's that's kind of the point those barriers are sometimes natural or out of sheer luck and aren't always at the behest of the state so you're saying like not everybody's equal in like everybody who wants to start a business isn't necessarily on an equal playing field with the person who's already started a successful business. Take as an example certain latitude lines. Okay. There are certain latitude lines that have a monopoly on avocado farms. Okay. Now, it's not because people in the Arctic Circle have less capital or less motive or less profit incentive okay. or less know-how, less operational skill, less agricultural skill. So, all right. All right. So monopoly, it can be used in that sense. I mean, I guess if it's a de definition, but like at that point, you're just using monopoly to describe nature. I'm using that as an extreme example, of course, but you are. I'm but using that we to demonstrate the break fact that, that down too to the point that like somebody, let's say there's a person with a, a, a mind that just is thought up, just a, even a philosophy, a a way of structuring education that nobody else is just nobody else's mind can even fathom it was just so amazing right so they have the monopoly on that thought right i guess if you want to use monopoly in that sense right so yeah but that's still nature their mind would naturally 
did that. It's a, it's a nature thing. So and that's, that's what I'm saying is like, at, in your mind, mm -hmm. you are so deep into, let's just call it anarcho-capitalism and like a libertarian movement that- Philosophy in, your, in general, like social philosophy. That Yes, I follow that a lot. That the lens through which you see things is a pretty strong binary of government bad. And I think that is force to be that's fair. to be like yeah cuz it's really not government. It just happens to be that government uses and the I, most force. And I think that's I think that's fair. Yeah. But if we can move past that foregone conclusion that those barriers are bad. If we can say, okay, we all agree there. Okay. I think we can try and better understand what we're talking about when we're talking about monopolies. Because So are we talking about a language issue? Because like I read something we're talking about how the Catholic Church uses Latin still. And a lot of people are upset, including the Pope is a dead language, blah, blah, blah. But the person speaking about it, I cannot remember who it was, said, made a great point that Latin is no longer used in, in like everyday speech. So it's actually the perfect language to be used in a religious atmosphere or whatever because it doesn't change the meaning of the words don't change as the culture of that place changes because the the, the language is so-called dead right and i think that's a great point is is because you can manipulate the masses by manipulating what the words mean and i think that's part of it here we'll, we'll call it half of it here right because okay. I, I i'm and uh, if you can go find that article please send it to me because that does sound interesting well, Noam, and i know chopsky wrote an entire book about it which is referenced a lot in the same talk that i heard and i cannot remember who gave the talk <laughs> but if i can find it i will i will reference it to you and uh but Noam Chomsky uh, has a whole book about it. So, and and there's a lot of a lot of especially your anarcho leftists, your good ones at least that were really into the fact that language is a tool that's used by government. They are powerful people change the meaning of the word to change because you you as a parent teach okay let's let's freedom remember you like the word freedom but freedom's been taken right we talked about that me and you but your parents taught you the meaning of the word freedom it meant this it meant something this feeling inside of you you got from the word and the meaning that you had but if 
you keep telling your kid that freedom's good, freedom's good, freedom's good, but then somebody else at the public school teaches them that freedom is something different. Freedom is you being able to have the same amount of money to start a business as somebody else. Because it's something they do, right? Um, then your understanding of what your dad was telling you was good is skewed a little bit at a time, right? So now you, your idea of freedom is something different, but because your dad said it was good and you have these wonderful feelings about it from at a younger age, unless you get into the real philosophy of it, you're just going with it. You're just, you know. Or, or conversely, you're taught that the word freedom is bad. Because I, I promise too. you, if you go onto a college campus and you have a sticker on your vehicle that says uh, just the word freedom, uh -huh. a good majority of the folks there will assume you are part of that thing that we got lumped into, <laughs> the, the MAGA crowd, mm -hmm. because freedom was simultaneously changed as a definition, like you say, but then also turned into this thing that everyone claims is like a racist dog whistle or something like that. But mm -hmm. again, if you can find that thing about the Latin thing, that's great. I would love to read that. We'll put that in the show notes for anybody who's uh, curious about it. But I, I think that's only part of it. Okay. I do think it is a, a reason why we can't quite get to a resolution for a lot of these things because we are talking about different things. And that's why I see this as almost a, a two-phase problem to be solved is what are we talking about when we talk about monopolies? And if we can all get on the same page there, are monopolies inherently good or bad? Is there a value judgment to be had on them? So in a true free market, uh, everything that I've read, they can't truly exist. Like they do exist for short periods of time under some definitions of monopoly, but they can't truly exist because if you were to, without the power of the state, without uh, laws, without um, even like in the case of slavery, like uh, basically, um, uh, like, uh, subsidies because they were subsidizing the enslavement part to the masses so the rich people could sell off slaves because the cost of catching a slave that ran away, finding a slave, and if you had to pay the money to find a slave and catch him again you would have to pay the cost of that would be incredible so therefore the ha cost of housing slaves to the extent that they wouldn't be able to run away would have gone up and and that was all subsidized by there being a police force that everybody had to pay for so all the poor people had to pay for this is 
how monopolies exist. It's not, it's, it's because there are somebody, there's something in the way. Because, because if there's not something in the way, yes, a mon- monopoly in some definitions can't exist. I only have avocados here because that's the way the climate is, right? But that's, that doesn't mean that if the price of avocados gets up high enough, because I'm the only one with avocados, I can, and people are still buying them at, you know, 50 bucks an avocado. I'm going to go to 51. At some point, somebody goes, I can afford, I've designed and can afford an artificial climate. I can grow avocados and sell them for 30 bucks a pop and undercut the guy who's got the avocado field. But you, you've already skipped a bunch of steps here, though. The You're talking about a lot of things have to happen. A lot of time has passed. Like, yes, again, things going don't back happen to instantly. That's right. Yeah, it's... So what you're describing is something that is maybe an eventuality, but also our entire solar system expanding into nothingness and all of us catching on fire is an eventuality. Like, nothing matters. I just want to make sure that we're being intellectually honest with the with the task at hand in that if we're talking about people changing language and manipulating language, I think we should make sure that we're not doing the same. Because when we're talking about a monopoly, we're not saying, oh, a monopoly. You mean something that inherently lasts forever? No, I don't think that's it. I'm just saying that in a certain moment, however long that happens to last, that is a monopoly. Because you could argue the same with government, right? Like the state good. doesn't have that's it forever. That's a good point. It's a good point. It's just that um, a monopoly under a free market can change at the moment of somebody coming up with a better idea or a way around it, right? But a monopoly with government in force can stop that person with a better idea from competing in the same market. So I'm not... I'm not sitting here saying that free markets are perfect and I've made this point before, but I am saying that like a free market can't continue to exist forever in a free market. I mean, a monopoly can't continue to exist in a free market, but as long as there's a government powerful enough to force you not to compete with a business, that monopoly can exist. No matter how many good ideas you come up with. But you're still describing the same thing. The mechanics are different. I agree. I'll I'll grant you that. The mechanics are different and the time horizons might be different. But effectively, they're the same. And I just don't want us to get caught up on... I just don't think they are. I, I just don't agree that a human force... Stopping a good idea is the same thing is is like you having the idea first in that little time period that that you own it. 
before anybody else can. Then maybe this semantic conversation is even more important than I had posed it as. Is you're saying that a monopoly by definition means something that's stopped and is the only thing that can do whatever that is by force of by force there has to be force involved yes okay so then we we clearly are at odds from a semantic perspective so let let's talk about what that other thing is that by way of force a government can put in place or by chance or other okay. other forces in nature happen in a free market. What would you call that thing? That would be cornering the market. You cornered it before it, you know, before anybody else. It's just, that's being a good entrepreneur to, to jump into a market that other people are so far away from that you've you're going to have a period of time where you're the only one supplying it. And you don't, don't forget, we're in a free market here, that nobody's forcing you to have this product. It is providing a service or a good beyond the value of what you're going to charge it, charge for it. Okay, so we'll call it cornering the market or having majority market share okay so that we're not caught up on the word monopoly right some businesses start as a response to other businesses right they want to go disrupt an industry go take a percentage of market mm -hmm. share do something a different way and then there are Customer some business service is a little better whatever sure this is all kinds of you can tweak it yeah and then there are some businesses who want to create an industry. They want to create a vertical that they can go into. So they're not about disrupting a space that's already there. They're about creating one. Right. And both are just as valid and it's all part of the cycle. Very valuable. But they both need to exist, yes. Right. It's, it's a cyclical movement of someone creating and then others improving. It's the reason why Apple, which we could talk about in three whole episodes, have found that sweet spot where they are a bit pioneer and a bit refinement because they do things that other folks have not done, but just different enough where your average person can accept it. And I don't know if they've run out of inertia from Steve's time there or not, but at least during I mean, their heyday, that's very, what they were. Yeah, there's an argument for that. I would have but, to. I, if being an Apple iPod guy, fanboy, I would have to say I'm not seeing the, the sparkle I used to see. But yeah, yeah, I still have some Apple shit. I'm not going to lie. We're also getting older, so the things Good that stuff. are trending aren't necessarily stuff. as much on our radar anymore. But right. that's neither here nor there. So there is this 
cyclical piece of creating new industries and then improving already existing industries. So that segment of folks who are going out and creating new industries, creating new tools, new products, new services, T- by the typically very Typically, na- that's higher risk type investments, which also reap higher rewards yeah. at the at the moment, right? Yeah. Yep, true. Because, so, because you're not gonna invest higher risk if the reward is just as good as if you're just doing a disruptive type business. Where I just come in, I'm just a little better at the same shit you're doing. Because the yeah. risk is the same. Right. So that becomes <clears throat> an incentive that motivates a certain kind of person. Mm-hmm. And when a that- incentive also that pushes away other people. Sure. Very important part of that. So when they start that business, they have inherently cornered the market. They have a hundred percent market share because the market did not exist prior to that business. Mm-hmm. And most of the people that I talk to did they take a loan out? I don't because think that's I don't think that's relevant because this applies I, to both. it is relevant because like because of artificial interest rates. Because you in, in this thought experiment, you, it doesn't. Okay. I, I'd say in this experiment, it doesn't matter as much, but. It matters to real people though. It does. Okay. Because, well, let's take two. Let's, because two of these people have the same great idea. One can go get this amazing interest rate from the big bank because they have their connections and whatnot. And the other one can't. The same idea. That is a that is a a artificial interest rate. So it is a forced interest rate created by a gun. Okay, and it is saying that one person can do it and the other person it can't. That but is. we don't we don't need this experiment to show us that's a problem, right? Okay. Okay. Well, I think it was good enough to to mention it then. I, I think you're right. Yeah, it's it's fair, but as we slip back more and more into the state mm-hmm. piece of this, okay, it kind of breaks apart our. You know me. Everything's a nail, right? Yeah, you got to hit it. But I want to make sure that these problems aren't going to exist beyond that. Because if we solve the number one problem, well, they are going to exist. Don't don't think that if, and that's something that we don't need to we don't need to tell people either. Is that the the free market and anarchism, whatever, is not going to be the world's not going to be, you know, all unicorn farts you know what i mean it's bad things are going to happen bad people are still going to exist and all these evil incentives there there's going to be a lot of them still out there but the big one the one that makes all of us have to go along with it won't be there anymore so we will be able to fight back. That's the thing. It will be better 
the world will be better if there's not some evil person, not even evil, if there's not just some person above us telling us we all have to go this way. Because even if that person's not evil, they can't know everything. They, there's, that's the, that's the uh, calculation problem of socialism. It's uh, a lot of economists even, I would say the majority of credible economists have accepted the calculation problem with central planning so but i think you're i think you're you're, you're preaching to the choir a little bit on that cuz even even people who disagree with us a bit will understand that I, and i think they're trying to get to that next level i don't think it's about us overselling and that's kind of what it feels like right now. It feels like we're overselling this thing where like at every turn, the only reason this is a problem is the state. The only reason this is a problem is the state. And I think things would well, dra- no. drastically be improved. You're right. But and that's, I, what, I, that's my point is like, it's not bad. It's not solved because the state doesn't exist. It's just, it can be fixed on a, such an easier level. Like every time that there's an imbalance, it can be fixed easier. Less people can be negatively affected by that imbalance, is what I'm saying. Because there isn't a overwhelming entity with guns forcing you to go along with it. That's what I'm saying. It's not perfect. Bad people still exist, yet it's better. And that's why I want us to clear these things up and not oversell. Because when you say things like there are no monopolies without the state, people hear that and think, okay, the state goes away. What he's proposing is that all this other stuff goes with it. But they're not talking about monopoly. They're talking about cornering the market, which is why I want us to get especially into this because specifically you're right you're right and then a lot of people are thinking about today's what today's market looks like which isn't a free market so let's say you left everything the same amazon still had all the money and power they have all the companies apple every has all the money and power they have right now and then you take all regulations away Okay. In most people's minds, those companies take over the fucking world. They're, you know, <laughs> but in what what really happens is a panic sets in. <laughs> what what do the people really want? Because the state now isn't dictating <laughs> and anybody can do whatever. Uh, they, of course, they're not going to be able to compete with us on that magnitude at this point. Social media works on a magnitude s- scale pretty. Uh, it's the magnitude of the people you can reach out to on a social media platform tends to uh, really affect the value of it. So things like social media would probably be a slower death. But 
it's still the same thing. It's just slower. You, in a free market, you have to provide a value to your customer. You have to provide them with something that they want more than the money in their pocket. Whatever that money is worth to that person. Because money is worth different things to different people at different times. If I have X amount of money and that X amount of money provides me and my family a, a good home-cooked meal, comfort level of whatever, a pretty good comfort level for that week. And then I have, I can do this and then my family's comfort level comes down X amount, right? That's what money is. It's you're evaluating the worth of it. It's not, money means nothing except for what you can get with it in today's society. You can't trade it in for gold. There's no other money that you can get. And even if you could trade it in for gold, Bitcoin, whatever, it's still only worth what you can get for it. Okay? So like Bitcoin, as much as we talk about how good it is, if I can't get anything with Bitcoin, it's not worth anything. It's a medium of of exchange. It's not a, having two dollars isn't having two dollars. Having two dollars is having a sucker, like a blow pop. Today, having two dollars when I was riding my bike to the store, you could get a whole fucking box of blow pops. Ten, twelve. 13, you could have a bunch of them for $2 back then. That's the difference. That's what I'm talking about. It, the blow pop is the same. Okay, so like the blow pop didn't change. The price of the blow pop is the same. The value of your money changed. I think people need to realize that. Especially when we're talking about monopolies and things like this, because like monopolies have to be like the whole point to a monopoly is to be like the Federal Reserve, where there's laws that force you into sticking with it and whatnot. And then because now, like, because the Federal Reserve printing money, they could print tons of counterfeit money, US dollars. Nobody used U.S. dollars. It wouldn't fucking matter. They wouldn't actually get to steal our wealth because we didn't hold. We don't hold any U.S. dollar, so they could print tons of them. It it wouldn't be like it is today, where you know I have ten dollars and I can buy. I can pay my rent. Let's just imagine I can pay my rent with ten dollars today. But then I have ten dollars a month from now, and it cost me eleven dollars to pay my rent. It's the same fucking house, same fucking rooms. It's just the value of the dollars went down, and people need to start saying that instead of the rent went up. I think if people would start saying it right, they would 
clicking their fucking heads. I, I, we, we're sitting here talking about monopolies, and I think that, I think it should have more meaning than I thought of that shit before you did. I think, I think there's more to a monopoly than that. I'm doing it first. I think it's just called doing it first. It's a trap, and there's no comfort in it.